Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. The message title for tonight is Benefits of Brokenness. Benefits of Brokenness. Can somebody say benefits of brokenness? I'm so excited to share this. And uh, to those that are joining us online, we're so happy to have you uh, with us. I'm, I'm telling you just tonight, just just listen in, lean in. I promise God's going to speak to you. Uh, but tonight, I want us to take a look at Psalm chapter 51, verse 15 through 17. That's Psalm chapter 51, verse 15 through 17. But before we read that, don't read it yet. I want to give a little bit of context and lay a foundation uh, about what exactly is taking place in this passage of Scripture. Um, but at this point in time, David knew what it, what it meant to be broken and experience brokenness. Uh, whenever he wrote this verse, David's responsible for writing a majority of Psalms in the Bible. But David knew at this point what it meant to be broken. I mean, he was, if you study scripture and look at David's story, you find out that he was rejected from his family and he was anointed to be king. But before he ever became king, um, King Saul had actually betrayed David to the point where David fled for his life. He hid in a cave. He was being hunted down. So I I think that David knew what it meant to be broken. And the verse that we're about to read here in a minute, this actually took place right after David committed murder and adultery. He committed murder and adultery, which is kind of crazy because the Bible describes David as a man after God's own heart. It says he's a man after God's heart. It didn't say that David had God's heart. So you need to understand when it came to David and his life, it's not talking about perfection or being perfect. It's about David pursuing after God. And he failed and he messed up big time. And Psalm chapter 51, I encourage you, we're going to read like two or three verses tonight. Um, But if you have some time, I encourage you to check out Psalm 51. It's such an incredible and like touching chapter, I'm telling you. David's writing this in, in a broken state right now. He messed up big time. What he actually did was he ended up killing and having his friend Uriah, his best friend Uriah, killed in battle, and he ended up having a a baby with Uriah's wife Bathsheba. I think you know the story. So how many people know David messed up big time, right? David messed up big time, but they say that David, he he sinned big, but he repented even bigger. And he wrote this psalm as an agonized cry to God for forgiveness, and I really do believe that David set a model and standard for us when it came to repenting and just getting right with God. See, repentance and asking God for forgiveness, repentance isn't just God forgive me and continuing to do what you want to do. The grace of God is not a permission for us to sin, but the grace of God is actually, it's given to us to help us overcome sin. So repentance is whenever we turn away from our wicked ways, we turn away from our sin, and we put our eyes on Jesus, and we do our absolute best to follow after God. But I want to read you guys this in Psalm chapter 51, verse 15 through 17, and it says this. Anybody ready for God's word? Let's get into it. Whether tonight's a good message or not, I promise you this verse right here is really good. It says this, Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. Somebody say broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, you, God, will not despise. I want you to notice how he said, you do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. 
You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. So during this time, um, it was in people's routine that whenever they messed up, whenever they sinned, that they would actually um, offer an animal sacrifice or burnt offering unto God. They messed up. They, they shed the blood of an animal. They offered an animal sacrifice or a burnt offering unto God. But David grabbed a hold of revelation, of a revelation that a lot of people seem to miss today. David knew that external activity, what we do, our good works alone, isn't enough to suffice God. It's whenever we come to God, not with just external activities, but we come to God in internal brokenness and repentance, that's what pleases God. And if you're not careful, sometimes we can get into a mindset where we think that the only way that God can forgive us is by our good works and what we can do. And sometimes when we make a mistake, we say to ourselves, oh, I got to do more. I got to serve more. I got to give more. I got to do more religious activities. And instead of repenting, sometimes we just do that and we do that again and again. But I think David wanted to let us know and he wanted to express that we can never cover up our wrongs with our goods. It's only whenever we repent and we come to God broken, that is whenever God is pleased. This is making sense to anybody tonight. I already spit a whole bunch of bars. This is some good stuff, I'm telling you. It's when we come to God in brokenness and repentance, that's what appeases God. The question is, what does it mean to be broken? What does it mean to be broken? Um, one of the ways that we can describe brokenness is when our expectation doesn't meet our experience. It's when our expectation didn't measure up. It doesn't measure up to our experience. For example, maybe you got into a relationship and you expected a godly, Christ-centered relationship, but all of a sudden, it took a turn for the worse and it became abusive. Or maybe you expected that at this age, during this season of your life, you would be at least dating, you'd be married, but, but, but you find yourself single. Or, or maybe you, you thought right now that your business would be booming, that you would be prospering in your career, and, and it seems like the, the things are closing down, things aren't working out too well. Or maybe you have an expectation, thinking that that addiction, that that sinful habit, that, that drinking, that doing those drugs, that sleeping around would satisfy your soul and make you feel fulfilled. But at the end of the day, you, you feel worse than before, and we end up feeling broken. And it's not just sin that can break us down. It's not just sin. It's the pain and sorrow that we have when we see other people. And we call that compassion. And compassion is simply whenever we feel the pain that other people feel. Jesus was full of compassion, guys. Whenever he saw people, he was full of compassion. I believe it broke Jesus' heart whenever he saw the, the state of humanity and whenever he saw sin taking place in the world. See, life has a way of breaking us down. And today, what we do with broken things, a lot of times, you know what we do? When we find broken things, when we have broken things, we like to get rid of it and get something new. Like, some of us, we get a new iPhone every year, if not every other year. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems like whenever the new iPhone comes out, all of a sudden, it seems like our phone is breaking down. It's like, okay, something's going on at Apple because my phone is a lot slower than it was before, right? Anybody with me? It's like, what's going on? And here's the thing. We can even do that with relationships in our life, with other people in our life. Sometimes when, whenever it seems like a relationship is breaking down, you know what we do sometimes? 
It's in, it's, it's, it's in our tendency, it's in our nature sometimes to walk away from that relationship and find something new. See, the world is full of broken people with broken spirits and broken hearts and broken relationships. But I have some good news for you tonight, and this makes me excited. God loves using broken things. God loves using broken people. And tonight, what I want to do, I want to give you guys five benefits of brokenness. Five benefits of brokenness. And this is the first one. You can write that down. God loves using broken things. I'll go as far to say this. God would much rather use someone that is broken than use someone that thinks they have it all together. You know the story whenever Jesus multiplied the fishes and the loaves to the 5,000, which there's actually more than 5,000 during that time? You know what he did? He took the bread, but you know what he did before he distributed the bread? It says that he broke the bread. And after he broke the bread, that's whenever it could be used. Sometimes, guys, in order for God to use us, we have to come to God in a broken state because God loves using broken things. And you can even see it in agriculture. You can see it in God's creation. You know that it takes broken soil to yield a crop? It takes broken clouds to give off rain? It takes broken seeds to give life to a new plant? It takes broken grain to make bread? But guess what? It takes broken people to fulfill God's will. Anybody thankful for that tonight? I feel it. Thank you, God. See, God loves using broken people. You look at the Bible, guess what? It's full of broken people. The Bible is written by a whole bunch of broken people. We can start with Peter. Peter, who denied Jesus Christ three times during the crucifixion. And it says that after he denied Christ, what did he do? He wept bitterly. And yet God still used him to establish the early church. Or Moses, Moses killed someone at an early age. He killed an Egyptian because of the anger problem that he had. And he was a stammerer. He was a stutter. He couldn't speak eloquently. And yet God used him to be a spokesperson on, on God's behalf and to help bring the nation of Israel out of slavery. Or Joseph. Joseph came from a broken and dysfunctional family. You think you have it bad in your family? Look at Joseph. He had so much dysfunction in his family that his brothers sold him into slavery. And yet God still used him to save the nation of Israel from a famine. The point that I'm trying to make is this. God loves using broken people that know how to submit to him. And sometimes it's through our misery that we find our ministry. Sometimes we have to go through misery because that will actually lead us to the ministry that God has for us. Anybody thankful for that tonight? That God can turn all things together for good. All I'm trying to say is God loves using broken people. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 says this, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So number one, first benefit of brokenness is God loves using broken things. And here's a second benefit of brokenness. Brokenness helps your character catch up to your calling. Brokenness helps your character catch up to your calling. Do we have any people in here that like to thrift shop? You like going to antique stores? You like buying vintage things? You like going to the flea market? I don't know about you guys. I'm not one of those people. 
Okay, I don't, I'm not a big fan. Okay, I'm sorry, I know, okay, you know, but I, I just don't do that too often. But every once in a while, my family will take me with them, my dad or my sister Haley, or I've been with different people at uh, different places. One of my dad, a couple places out of town. Um, whether you're looking for antique furniture, you're looking for collectibles, you're looking for like one of a kind things. And what I've noticed is this I've heard my dad say this, and I've heard other people say this. Sometimes people won't buy a certain item because they look at the item, and you know what they say? It just lacks character. They say it just lacks character. In other words, they're saying it lacks uniqueness. And, and art, artists and carpenters will go as far as adding imperfections, marks, blemishes, uh, scuffs, and they'll add certain colors to it because they want it to have a unique character, and they want it to have uniqueness. I just want to say to you guys tonight, just proclaim that we serve a God that is not a cookie-cutter creator, and he does not hand out cookie-cutter callings. But God loves us so much that he will allow us to go through seasons of brokenness and life because he wants to develop some character on the inside of you. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap if you're thankful. See, character is more important than your talents and abilities. I just want to say that again. Character is so much better and so much more important than your talents and abilities. See, your talents can help take you to the top, but it's your character that will keep you there. And one of the worst things that could ever happen to us as believers is our, t our gifts, our talents, and our ability can take us places where our character cannot keep us. And sometimes we work on our gifts so much that we never work on our character. And I'm telling you right now, sometimes God has to work some things out in our character, and he has to break some things down in our character so that way we can walk fully into the calling of God that he has for us in our life. For example, whether it be pride, self-will, stubbornness, sinful habits, our God will use brokenness to help catch, up, catch our character up to our calling. Anybody thankful for that tonight? And benefit number three, brokenness conforms our will to God's will. Brokenness conforms our will to God's will. I think the Apostle Paul is a great example of this. Um, if, you're familiar, if you're familiar with the Apostle Paul, it's, a, it's an incredible story. I encourage you to take it out. But you know that when the Apostle Paul was converted and he gave his life to Jesus, he was actually on the way to Damascus to go and persecute and kill other Christians. He was on the way to do that. He was a really religious person. He had his own mindset. He had his will. He was a stubborn man. He was on the way to go and kill Christians. And what ended up happening, it says a bright light from heaven flashed, and it knocked him to the ground, right? And guess what? He had an encounter with Jesus that broke him. And he ended up giving his life to Jesus. And because of that, and because of his obedience, he we have 13 books of the New Testament that probably wouldn't have been there. And he also was one of the first missionaries in the Bible, if not the first missionary, that took the gospel and spread the gospel to the corners of the earth. And a lot of people believe that the Apostle Paul, whenever he was on the road to Damascus, they believe that he was on a horse because it was a long journey. I'm talking miles and miles. They think he was on a horse, and I'm going somewhere. So we find a stubborn man on a stubborn animal called a horse. 
And God, one day, God grabbed a hold of his heart and changed the trajectory of his life. Speaking of horses, I was thinking about this. You know, did you know that when an owner wants to ride or use a wild horse, you know what they do? They break it. They take it through something called a breaking process. See, here's the thing. Before the horse was broken, it had its own will. It had its own desire. But when it went through the breaking process, it submitted his will to the master. See, in fact, a horse's loyalty greatly depends on the type of training or breaking that it receives from its master. And I believe that sometimes God knows that the only way that we can conform our will to his will is by going through different seasons of brokenness in life. And that only whenever we confess to God that we are broken can God make us into who he wants us to be. Because once we put God at the center of our lives, everything else falls into place. Anybody thankful for a God that loves us so much, he will allow us to go through brokenness so that way our will can line up with his will. See, God's not Burger King. You can't have God's will your way, you know? But the Apostle Paul, he was on the way to do his own thing, but I love how God just took him. Is God just taking you another direction because he loves you so much and he protected you? Maybe you're going to a certain relationship that you probably know wasn't godly or, or, or wasn't, you know, led by God or, or go to a certain job or go to a certain area and God just picked you up one day and all of a sudden you just saw the light and you accepted Jesus and he took you down the right path. Anybody thankful for a God that's willing to come and interrupt us because he loves us? Fourthly, brokenness is a season, not a destination. Brokenness is a season, not a destination. And I want to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. We're reading out of the King James Version. It says this. Love this verse. It says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that, is, that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down. Somebody say break down. And a time to build up. Somebody say build up. See, whether you like it or not, guys, I believe that we're all going to go through different seasons of brokenness. But we have to understand that brokenness isn't God's final destination for us in our life. That God wants to make us whole. He wants to complete us. See, I don't care how broken your situation or life looks like right now, or what other people have been saying about you. You belong to the master builder. You belong to Jesus Christ, the one who created the heavens and the earth with the word. And he's the only one that can truly complete us, satisfy us, and fulfill us. How, how do I know that? Look at God's word in Psalm chapter 147, verse 3. It says this. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the what? Brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The question I have for you tonight is this, because we're all going to go through seasons of brokenness. Where do you go to whenever you're broken? Where do you go to? What do you fill yourself up with whenever you're broken? Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know that whenever you go work out at the gym, um, whenever you're working out, you're doing curls, you're doing squats. Some of you guys are like, I don't know what that even means. You're speaking of, okay. <laughs> you know, whenever you're doing squat, whatever it is, when you're at the gym, do you know what you're actually doing whenever you're working out? 
You're breaking down your muscle. You're stretching your muscles out, and you're breaking them down at the gym. But did you know that your muscles are actually built by the nutrition that you take in and by the food that you consume? That's why some people say muscles aren't built at the gym. Muscles are built in the kitchen. So my question to you tonight, because I think you know where I'm going, what are you feeding your soul? What are you feeding your spirit man right now? What does your spiritual diet, diet look like right now? Like, what are you filling those, those voids of brokenness right now in this season that you're in right now? Because I promise you, don't waste this season of brokenness. God wants to do something so great in your life. And honestly, some of us, we're on a spiritual diet of McDonald's, of Whataburger. I know this place tastes really good. I'm promising that. Eat that every single day. See what happens to your body, okay? Popeyes. I mean, some of us are on this spiritual diet, and it may feel good, but it's not good for our bodies. I'm telling you right now, church, we have to be sure that we feed ourselves with God's word, that we get back on our knees and we, pro we pray unto God in brokenness, that we receive the love of God and we love God and we love people, that we come to church and we surround ourselves with godly influences. I'm telling you right now, God wants to feed you and God wants to fill you up. The only way to find true freedom and wholeness is in Jesus Christ. I feel the anointing tonight, man. Here's the fifth benefit of brokenness. Brokenness allows God to shine through you. This is what brokenness does. Brokenness allows God to shine through you. And I want to read this verse right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 and 10, it says this. We now have the light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Through suffering, somebody say through suffering. Our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And I want to give you guys a quick illustration of what brokenness actually does to us as Brooklyn Slavic bring the illustration up here. Can you give these two a hand clap? I love these guys. They're awesome. And can you also give our interns a hand clap that put together this sermon illustration? If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have this. Awesome. It looks good. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Y'all did a good job. And, uh, oh, perfect. They already got it. They're already on it. It was like, golly. Can you give our production team a hand clap for pressing that button? Come on. They're awesome. Um, you may not be able to see it. I'm pretty sure you can see it from back there. But um, we have two pots right here on the stage. And we have a broken one and an unbroken one. And believe it or not, they have the same amount of light in, each every, in, in, in both of them. The same amount of light. Just like we have the same Holy Spirit, just like we have the same light from God in our lives. We have God living his spirit. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, right? We have two of these right here. One's unbroken, one's broken. I'm going to talk about the unbroken one real quick. What does this mean? What does this represent? We'll say that this represents a person or a Christian that looks outstanding on the outside, but they haven't truly presented themselves broken unto God. And sometimes this is us whenever we like to show other people how perfect we are whenever that's not really a reality. And here's the thing. It has a light in here. It has the light in here. Like, 
you may not be able to see it from here, but like from God's vantage point, he can see the light. He said, oh yeah, the light's in there. You, you, you got that little light. You got that light in there. But God knows that in order for us to be effective in the world, we have to go through seasons of brokenness and other people have to see our brokenness. See, one quote I really love is this. People will admire you for your strengths, but they'll connect with you because of your weaknesses. People, I'm gonna let that sit and soak for a second. People will admire you for your strengths, but they'll connect with you because of your weaknesses. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. When you give your life to Jesus, he can turn your scars into stars for the rest of the world to see how good he is. See, your story is for his glory. In your test, there's a testimony. In your mess, there's a message. In your trial, there's a triumph. Everything that you go through in life, God can turn it for good, no matter what you may have gone through in your life. This is the unbroken pot. And then we're going to talk about this broken pot right here. And what you probably don't know, it looks pretty... You can see it's like, it looks pretty damaged. It looks pretty broken, right? What you don't know is our, or what you may know is like our team, our interns, in order to make this happen, they first had to take this pot that looked like this. They had to smash it with a hammer and just break it up a whole bunch. And then after they did that, they found all the pieces and they pieced it together. They super glued it together. Just like some of us were before we found Jesus, we were destroyed. We were a mess. We were in ruins, but God knows how to turn a great mess into greatness. And now because you gave your life to Jesus, he's beginning to piece your life together. He's piecing, it may not seem complete, but he's starting to do something in your life. He makes you into a new creation. He makes you whole. But you may be saying, like, this doesn't look whole, Caleb. Like, there's a lot of stuff missing in here, there's, there's a lot of parts that are missing from, from this pot right here, and that's exactly the point. That's the point. Because God knew that in order for him to develop you and mature you and for him to shine through you, that he had to chip off some things in your character that shouldn't have been there. There was some pride. Oh, I don't know if you've ever been through this before. There's some pride. There was some ego. There was some addictions. There was some greed. There was some lust. There were different things that were going on in your life where you say, God, I can't handle this. God, I'm broken. God, I can't do this by my own strength. God, just take you. I don't know if you've been there. If I'm, the, if I'm the only one and you give it to Jesus one piece at a time and you give God your brokenness and you come to him and that's exactly what happens. This is what it looks like whenever we give God our brokenness. We say, God, you know, I'm, I'm broken. God, I, I went through that divorce. God, I don't know what to do. God, I went through that betrayal. I went through that addiction. God, I, I'm carrying these burdens. God, for other people, God, I'm doing all these different things, God, what do I do? And God's looking at us, and he's saying, hey, just give it to me right here. I will give you rest. I'll give you peace. I'll give you strength. See, whenever you give God your weaknesses, he will give you strength. See, whenever I am weak, I am strong. And here's the one thing you got to notice. The light shines more through the crack and the broken pot than the unbroken one. The light shines more through the broken one than it does the unbroken one. And sometimes we question, God, wh God, why are you allowing me to go through this right now? God, don't you know what they're saying about me? Don't you know the bullying? Don't, do you know the tor torment? Do you know the sleepless nights I've had? Don't, don't you know what I'm going through? God, I look around. It seems like everybody else is like this. Everything's good. Everything seems fine. Everything's perfect. 
But a lot of times, this is how we want to present ourselves to people, that everything's good. But I don't know about you, but I want to be sure that I come to God in my brokenness, in my messy. You don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. The gospel is not do, do, do. The gospel is done, done, done. Jesus Christ died so that way you can live. You come to God as you are, and I promise you, one piece at a time, he'll begin to piece you together. And some of us, we have these cracks. We have these, these different things that are going on in our life. God wants to use that. As we get ready to close, you can turn on the lights. Thank you. You guys can stand to your feet tonight. Anybody receive something tonight so far? I want to end with this story. This isn't in my notes or anything. I just want to end with this story. You know, um, some of you guys may know, but I got into a wreck recently. Like a lady had wrecked into me. And what ended up happening was, as I was going down Navarro, I don't want to get into all the details, she ended up running into me. And the tow truck came, they picked up my truck, and then the wrecker service came. And, you know, I was, I was just like anticipating like the report, like as far as like whether my truck was going to be drivable or not. And what ended up happening was the record service guy came, and he wasn't like but 10 feet away from my truck. And he saw the damage that was done to it. And you know what he said? He said, it's done. It's broken. You need to get yourself a new truck. And with that being said, he took the truck, took it to Corpus to be inspected by the insurance company. And I got a call from the insurance company. I was like, you know, there's still some hope. I got a call from the insurance company. They were like, this thing's done. It, it, we, we consider it a total loss. We'll give you, you can either trade in the vehicle or let us keep the vehicle, we'll give you this money. You can take that money, get a new vehicle, or you can take this money for the damages that we estimate. You know, it, it's worth, and maybe you can get it fixed. Maybe you can drive it again. And I thought to myself, man, because what you don't understand is that truck that was given to me, I've, I've done different things to it, but it was actually given to my family by my grandpa uh, before he passed away from cancer years ago. So it was very sentimental to me, and I didn't want to have to give it up. But the insurance company said it's broken, it's done. Um, the record service said it's broken, it's done. You know what? You know, I went to different dealerships one day, and I was, like, checking out different vehicles, and it was, like, I, I don't know, I was looking at different things, and something just told me, you need to act by faith in this moment. This may sound insane to some of you guys, right? But it's like, you need to take that money, and, I, like, you know, I, I think you can get it fixed. So I found a mechanic, and guys, when the mechanic saw I wish I had a picture of it. I was going to show a picture earlier. I was... I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't planning on sharing this story, but I went to go see the vehicle. Whenever I got to Victoria, man, the thing was beat up. It was broken. It was like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going to happen with all this? And, guys, I got a call back from the mechanic. He said, hey, we, we just started get, getting work done on it. You can pick this thing up this next month. You're going to be able to drive it again. Guess what I drove to church today? That new truck. I called a new truck. Yeah, there's little things wrong with it. It's not the same. Pulls a little bit to the left, but it's drivable. <laughs> some of y'all are like, I, I just feel like sometimes that's what we feel. Like, you know what I mean? We feel broken down. Hey, guess what? You're at church right now. Everything's not perfect right now, but guess what? You're in God's house. You're saved. You're set free. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. God has a plan for your life. God's not done yet. It doesn't matter. So what I want to say is this. I feel the anointing. Your dents do not define you. Your dents actually refine you. Oh, yeah. oh, man. See, the past is not a place of residence. The past is a place of reference. And whenever the devil reminds you of your past, 
you just need to remind him of his future because he is under your feet. He has been defeated. You are saved. Jesus is on your side. Jesus has never lost a battle. I thank God that we serve a God that can turn all things together for good. He can take us in our brokenness. Whenever people say you're done, you should give up, you should walk away, but my God steps in and say, hey, I'm not done yet. I can do something with that marriage. I can do something with that job. I can do something with that, with that relationship. I can do something. Oh, man. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.